Hi, I'm Peter Klein. And I'm Kim Carson. And this is We Had No Idea. Episode 39. How weird is this? <laughs> Very weird. You do this part now. <laughs> we come to you from Mokinsis and we acknowledge that we get the privilege of living and producing this show on the traditional territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Tsutsuna Nations, the Iahe Nakoda Nations, the Métis Nation Region 3, and all people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. You can find out what native lands you're on by looking at native-land.ca. Our sources for the show today, olympics.nbc.com, reuters.com, the documentary on Netflix called Icarus, and The Guardian. What's that second source? Uh, Reuters, I believe. Oh, it was Reuters. Um, I thought it was Reuters, but I could definitely be wrong. Is that just because of our topic today? Reuters? Oh, jeez. <laughs> You didn't pick up on that? Nope. I thought not. I thought 100% that's why you were saying it like that. Oh, no. no. Reuters. Uh, hold on. I'm going to Google Reuters.com. <laughs> I need to know what comes up. Like steroiders.com? Yes. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, you figured it out at home. But uh, we are doing the Russian doping scandal. So yeah. That's, I am so excited about this episode today. Uh, also, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. Thank you to Kim for carrying the show solo last week as oh. the boy was not feeling super duper. You are so welcome. I mean, twist my arm to just sit in an echo chamber and put my thoughts in podcast form on the internet. Right. Why don't you? Given how uh, the recording of this has gone so far, calling this room an echo chamber is very, very appropriate. <laughs> Sometimes we have tech issues, and sometimes you know about them, and sometimes you don't. Yeah, a lot of times you do. <laughs> uh, what apologize. comes up when you Google Reuters.com? Uh, the domain is not in use. Huh. Yeah. So, I guess they want to be a bit more subtle. I mean, look, I'm all about upfront marketing. Right. Reuters.com. We promise we are not the DEA. Mm-hmm. What's Canada's DEA? I have no idea. Probably just CDEA. Oh, yeah, you're probably right. I'm definitely not, but let's just roll with it. Um, <laughs> so the topic, we chose this topic, A, because it's wildly fascinating. It's the eve. B, the Olympics are, actually, by the time you are listening to this, a couple of Olympic events will have actually happened. So Ooh, like what? I believe the the women's hockey tournament has started. Oh. And I believe mixed doubles curling has and, started. And a quick aside. Uh-huh. If if I wanted to hear more, uh, perhaps like maybe some smart sports talk for smart sports fans. Where should I listen to any any Olympics lead up stuff? Uh, I'm gonna be honest. I, I know what you're doing. You're plugging my sports show, Couch Potato yeah, Diary. Yeah. I don't know if there's gonna be a whole lot of mixed doubles curling coverage on there. I don't know if I'm gonna have a whole lot on uh, figure skating on there, but I, I will. I will certainly give it a go. But you're from yes. Saskatchewan, you love curling. I do. Yeah. Um, love a good bonge beal. Yeah. <laughs> love cracking a beer and putting a pin in my jacket. <laughs> Man. Okay. So. Not what we're talking about at all, but there was, um, like my, my hometown is like the biggest of the small towns in Southern Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. And th this is, this is the weirdest break that I'm going to have probably of oh, the month. Hell yeah. Lay it on me. We got a ball in curling rink. Like <laughs> <laughs> it is. You mean a rock in curling yes, rink? Yes, we got a rock in curling <laughs> rink. 
So, um, but because of this, like we get a lot of, like they, they just had the, I believe it was the women's um, playdowns for Saskatchewan, like to see who won the province to go to the Scotties, <gasps> um, which is also happening right now. The Scotties? I think so. Oh, not the Royals or the Charmins? Uh, no. Now you're making me, now you're, I know you're just being like a jerk, but uh, you're making me second guess if it's actually still the Scotties or not. But no, it the, is. Yeah, the it's Women's the National Scotties. Tournament. <laughs> this is, this is how self-confidence issues work, folks. But one time when I was in uh, high school, we had, I, I think it was like the, the high school provincial championships or whatever they were called. Mm-hmm. And I, I volunteered to, to help out. I drove one of the teams around and stuff like that. But the most difficult task of the weekend and of the, it was the, it was an entire week of the week was you needed to have the pins right, locked, stocked, and ready to go. Because if you did not have a pin at the exact moment that one of those pin collectors requested a pin, yeah. there would be hell to pay. Oh, the pin. That's, that's honestly all I know about curling Like is, in, is the rocks and the pins. In this story, the KGB and the IOC and WADA ain't got shit on 89-year-old men who want to have a pin from this high school curling competition that they are sitting and watching the entirety of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the 2022 Scotty's Tournament of Hearts Mm -hmm. is on right now until February 6th. It's happening in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Oh, nice. Yeah. So Good for Thunder Bay. Anyway, yes, we did this because of the Olympic tie-in. It also... Happens to have a bit of a, another sports tie-in because there's a whole steroid conversation happening in baseball right now. So it, it's very mm. topical for the entire sports world. But as as you found out, like this is a sports story, but this is one of the most fascinating sports stories in the history of sports. Totally, yeah. When you suggested this one, I was like, Ugh, sports. <laughs> but it, uh, it sports adjacent mm-hmm. is this Olympics adjacent. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to get us going? Yeah, okay. So, uh, in 2007, the IOC grants the 2014 Olympic Games to Sochi, Russia. Mm. Uh, In 2010, the following Olympics in Vancouver, Russia finishes fifth in total medals with 15th and 11 in gold medals. Russian declared that, or sorry, Putin declared that Russia (laughs) Russia needed to dominate. (laughs) Well, I mean, he is, he he is Russia. He is Russia. Russia is him. Yes. Uh, But he declared that Russia needed to dominate at Sochi. So on February 7th, 2014, Vladimir Putin opens up the Olympic Games. It is the first time that Russia has hosted the Olympics since the Soviet Union collapsed, which you can hear about in episodes 35 and 36 of this show. Of this podcast. Oh my God. The Russian team surprises many by finishing first in total medals with 30, with nearly twice as many medals as it won in 2010. They did a lot better. Do you think they practiced really hard? Yeah. You know what, Kim? What? They just wanted it more. They just wanted it more. They, What do you say? They practiced wanting yeah. it more. Yeah. They just really worked on wanting it more. Wow. Um, Good to for the them. Ex- to the extent that... Uh, December of 2014, a German television channel reports on allegations of uh, corruption and... (laughs) Corruption. Corruption, yeah. (laughs) Of corruption and systematic doping throughout Russia. Reports include accusations from former Russian anti-doping agency official Vitaly Stepanov and his wife, Yulia, an 800-meter runner who had been banned for doping. The Stepanovs go into hiding, saying that they fear for their safety. They had to flee the country before the report even came out. Grigory Rodchenkov 
is named in the report as someone who had a knowledge of how long drugs stayed in your system. He was a former runner in the Soviet Union, and it turns out that he used steroids while he was competing, and his first steroids were given to him by his mom. By his mom! And this isn't just like um, like the, the greater mom, like his steroids were given to him by Mother Russia. No. His steroids were given to him by birth mother. His literal mom. Yeah, that Soviet accent really goes away the longer I try to use it. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's a lot of it's a lot of rrrs at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, he went to Moscow University in the chemical department and worked his way to being the head of the Russian WADA labs. And WADA stands for? World Anti-Doping Agency. Oh. Also, I believe the Russian lab was technically called the Rusada lab. Yeah, Rusada. Yeah. Uh, I like... I like the word, the acronym WADA. WADA's fun. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Yeah, and like the U.S.'s is USADA. USADA, what's Canada's? I don't know. Kata, I guess. I have no idea. <laughs> Dakota? <laughs> uh, WADA declares Russia's anti-doping agency non-compliant and shuts down the National Drug Testing Laboratory in November of 2015 after a report from a former WADA president from former water president Dick Pound, which is a great name, finds a, quote, deeply rooted culture of cheating. It's worse than we thought. We found destruction. We found payments of money to conceal tests. One of our big concerns were the 1,400 tests that were destroyed. The recommendation is the head of the agency be let go and the agency be closed, end quote, from Dick Pound. Wada closed the lab and Gregory resigns. Uh, in the Icarus documentary that we watched, they... Uh, it's it's kind of like it's through Skype, mm -hmm. most like most of it. Yeah, it's kind of Q and A, but less lame than I'm explaining it. Right, so it's so good. It's very good if you have a spare second or two hours, <laughs> you should definitely watch it. Um, so they ask via Skype the the documentary director Brian Fogel. He asks Gregory. Uh, are you in danger? And he says, yes. And he says that he is living with a security guard because he um, is the only one who could kill both sides. So from the Russian standpoint, they're saying, no, 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 there's no problem here. And what Gregory knows is that, yes, there is. I was running it. Yeah. And from the WADA side, they're like, well, our testing is infallible. And from Gregory, he's like, well, I know it's not because we did it. Yeah. <laughs> so he can kill both sides. Track and field's governing body, the IAAF, suspends the Russian track team. Putin says this should be the top priority for his nation's sports leaders, and they will do their own investigations, because doing your own research has never gone wrong before. Do your own Facebook research. Grigory tells the documentary that he fears for his life, and so he flees the country without his family. The documentary people actually, like, put him up. Yeah, I thought that was crazy because he, he Skypes the Brian guy. Yeah. And he's like, I, I need to get out of here right now. And Brian's like, okay, I'll get you a flight. Like, it seems so disjointed to me, but I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like it has to be like right now. Yeah. And they were like, it can't be a one-way ticket because that'll look suspicious. So he needed to get like a round trip. It was crazy. Yeah, very wild. He destroyed his computers. Uh, he kept like all the information on different hard drives and mm -hmm. stuff like that. He made three copies, he said. Yeah. Uh, the documentary crew met with the lawyers of Edward Snowden for tips on what to do next. Uh, they had him living in essentially his own safe house, while the Russian government is saying they need to clear out anyone who had a bad reputation. Gregory says he could eliminate the past by telling the truth, but by telling the truth, 
he could be annihilated. One thing that was noted from the Dick Pound report was that the KGB hanging around, that there was KGB hanging around the testing center, suggesting that this goes all the way to the top, (laughs) which I like to say, but will admit that it's from My Favorite Murder, which is another fantastic podcast, and you should listen to that if you have another spare two hours. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They, They definitely need the promotion. From this podcast. Yeah, they're just a small up and coming podcast. Right, yeah, exactly. They're just two single ladies. Yeah. They're not. (laughs) So in the documentary, now that he's stateside, they ask Gregory, they say, okay, we're just going to do a series of yes or no questions. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, So they ask, does Russia have a state-run organization to cheat the Olympics? Yes. Russia has won a total of 78, or had won a total of 78 medals at the Beijing Olympics in 2008. How many of those were dirty? 30. He then said that 50% of the medals in London were using the special program, and he also said that Putin knew about it. So, here's the backstory on it now. Before 2008, China was the highest producer of anabolic steroids, but in 2008, um, they also hosted the Olympics, and the IOC was like, well, hey, maybe don't do both, and we're already here, so stop with the steroids. They want a free and fair games. May the odds be ever in your favor. Yeah, but they had a pretty good deal working with, uh, with Russia, and Grigory was certainly a part of that. There was also a fellow named Portugalev, who was using stuff that had some impurities, and Grigory was worried that these steroids would get them caught. Grigory knew that there were better steroids, and he started to get Portugalev's athletes to test positive. Grigory was then arrested, because of great power comes great responsibility. Um, while he was arrested, he tried to kill himself, but his wife saved him, as he put in the documentary... The locks weren't very good. (laughs) He said the drugs that they gave him to deal with depression took him completely out of reality. Then, out of nowhere, he gets sent to another clinic that was for the worst of the worst criminals in all of Russia. They allowed him, however, to use his computer. Kind of a Pablo Escobar thing, like we talked about. uh, Oh, totally. He made cathedral. Mm hmm. Um, and so with this, he was running the steroid program for the Russian Olympic team from a psychiatric prison. Wow, high. Well, yeah, while well, on these drugs that basically take him out of reality. However, because he had been working with um, with the, the Russian WADA labs and had been a part of a lot of different drug testing things around the world, like he went to the States for a while to work on drug testing and all of this, the IOC viewed him as one of the most qualified people on the planet and invited him to come to London to help with their program at the 2012 Olympics. Which I think this honestly speaks to like how undercover Russia keeps things. Mm -hmm. Because the IOC is still like, he's great. Yeah. And he's literally running a a doping scandal from a prison. Right. (laughs) And so he accepts on the surface, it's a tremendous honor. For him, it's a tremendous opportunity to see how they can get away with everything and how much they can actually do. Putin agrees. And the next day, look at that, charges dropped against him. So his redemption was Russian success in Sochi. You got to know the rules to break them. Mm-hmm. Nikita Kimev. Yeah? I believe so. Nikita Kimev, one of the fellow heads of the Russian anti-doping agency, dies at the age of 52 from a massive heart attack just months after resigning from his post. Hmm. He had apparently been writing a book. I wonder what it was about. Mm-hmm. Gregory said, we play the most dangerous game. Ca- we play the most dangerous game 
in the history of sport. We can destroy their future and destroy their past. So we're now back in present day. Sorry. I kind of bounce around there in the notes a little bit. Oh, I see. That was was the the backstory. And now back in kind of present time with the documentary, um, now that people are starting to pay for it in Russia a little bit, we are seeing the lengths that people will go to to pay for it. Someone's writing a book, potentially tell-all on Russian doping. Well, you died of a a massive heart attack. Mm. Oh, I didn't realize that was that guy. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so while Gregory is in his safe house, two FBI agents come and they subpoena him. Yeah. Uh, he, sorry, it says house to grand jury him. I think that I thought that was right, but whatever. They hand him a piece of paper. That's like, bro, you got to come talk to this jury. Yeah. He decided, I wish it really said that (laughs) bro, comma, you gotta, you gotta see this. In fact, you literally have to. Yeah. We're demanding. The the words are, you are commanded. You are commanded. He decided to go public with his story. He does not disclose to the U.S. Department of Justice that he is going public, however, uh, because he turned over documents to the New York Times, which is the body that he decides to go public through, the Department of Justice will go ahead and prosecute him. So not great for yeah. uh, for old Gregory, but the the story comes out, and I remember like working in sports at this time, and it was a bombshell. So it's revealed that Russians swapped out dirty urine with clean urine at the 2014 games. The sample is provided. It's divided into two samples into what's called a Berlinger bottle that is sealed tight with like a vice-like device. It goes to a lab. The B sample is put into the freezer. The analytical work is done on the A sample. The caps are designed that the whole thing needs to basically be destroyed to be taken off. So you can't unscrew it and screw it back on. Yeah. And then I kind of was, I didn't understand that. Like I was like, well, can you just put a new lid on it? There's matching codes on the, on the lid and on the bottle. Yeah. So if you broke the lid off, then there's no matching lid anymore. Mm Mm-hmm. And what they do, they test the A sample. If it's positive, then the B sample is also tested to make sure there's no false positives. Uh, The FSB, formerly the KGB, apparently figured out a way to open the bottles. They said they gave one of the bottles to a member of the the, the FSB. He came back in half an hour. He's like, yeah, I opened it. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is called Operation Sochi Resultat, which sounds better in Russian, I'm sure. Every single athlete needed to provide a clean sample to the Russian agency so they could be swapped when needed. The KGB had a building next door to the Olympic testing building where they stored the clean samples. Like, it, they share a parking lot. Yeah, it's literally across a back alley. Yeah, it was it was hilarious to see. Like, they just had a little arrow. Here's our lab, and here's the KGB <laughs> where they're staying. It was hilarious about 100 kgb officers were working on this one officer would pick up the samples and deliver them at two in the morning a lab assistant would hide the b samples in his coat for the a samples the laboratory had a hole in it that looked like it was a power outlet they opened up that hole and poured out the dirty a samples and replaced them with the clean ones from the kgb because both samples are swapped they can't retest the b ones either Grigory said, I pulled off 13 gold medals. Everything was clean and Putin was very much happy. Those 13 golds were the highest at the Olympics. Before the Olympics, Putin's approval rating had been falling for decades, but it rocketed up with it, the performance in Sochi. Shortly after Putin invaded Ukraine, which this is the part of the story I remember. I don't really remember anything about 
the doping scandal, which is crazy because I think we were dating at this time. Mm -hmm. And I like sports is a big thing for you. And I was just like, la, 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 (laughs) in my own world. Yeah. But then it was like, yeah, they went for, um, there was like that little place at the bottom of the Ukraine. Yeah. They went for that. And it was like, I was just like, what year are we in? We're still doing wars and like fighting over borders? (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah. And now look at where we're at now. And hey, yeah, uh, it's it's scary, dude. Yep, I don't like it. No. Anyways, let's focus on this. <laughs> uh, so Gregory wonders if that would have happened if the Olympics hadn't been so successful. Like if Putin's not yeah, feeling he, himself, he feels bad about on it. this high approval rating. Maybe he doesn't invade Ukraine. So Russia's sports minister Vitaly Mutko and Yuri Negerink. Yeah, that's Negerink. Nagarnik, Nagarnik, who is the vice minister, denies this. Uh, Putin said that the report was the work of a turncoat. May seventeenth, the of twenty sixteen. I believe so. Yeah. The U.S. Department of Justice launches a criminal investigation. Wada wanted to meet with Gregory as well. The lawyer who initially was working on it uh, had an office in Moscow and disappeared. Not like creepy disappeared. They just like ghosted them. They were like, ah, this feels like a conflict of interest. We're right. just going to stop. So Russia was smearing Gregory, going public with his suicide attempt, saying he had schizophrenia. They released emails he had had with the head of the documentary and played tapes of some of the Skype calls that he had with his wife talking about the FBI. They added, so what they did to, to kind of help with the, the whole thing, they added sodium to make a few things in tests less or more visible. I'm not exactly sure how that mattered, but they mentioned this in part of the, the investigation. Apparently this was also in place for the Paralympics as well. Uh, the documentary says that it goes so far back that there's never actually been drug testing in Russia or in the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. The Russians say that any issues with the tests were Gregory himself and that the allegations are false. July of 2016, an independent commission set up to investigate the allegations uh, in the New York Times report, led by Canadian law professor and sports lawyer Richard McLaren, revealed that evidence of widespread state-sponsored doping in Russian athletes at the 2014 Sochi Olympics was, in fact, true. Uh, It said the Russian Ministry of Sport oversaw the manipulation of athletes' analytical results and sample swapping and recommended that Russia be banned from the Rio de Janeiro Olympics the following month. They found scratches on the sample and 100% of them had been tampered with. The mm-hmm. laboratory was set to protect, uh, was set up to protect doping athletes and was state sponsored. Water recommends that all athletes should be banned from the Rio games. President Putin says that this is a dangerous occurrence of politics interfering with sports. At this point, Grigory is forced into the witness protection program. Mm-hmm. So August 2016, Russia competes at the Olympics in Rio de Janeiro with a reduced squad after a dozen of the athletes fail vetting of their drug test history by sports federations. 291 of Russia's 398 athletes were allowed to compete. The IOC resists calls to ban Russia entirely, but the Paralympics kick Russia out. Russia's Olympic weightlifting team is barred. <laughs> entirely for bringing its sport into disrepute Mm -hmm. wow what a word right uh and the track team consists of just one athlete daria klinchina 
who gets a waiver to compete because she's based abroad. So she doesn't actually train in Russia. The Russian team is fourth in the Olympic medal count with 56. In 2012, they also finished fourth with 68 medals. Mm-hmm. Seems like there's a lot more medals to go around. Yeah. Uh, August of 2017, nearly two years into its track and field ban, Russia is allowed to send a team of 19 officially neutral athletes to the World Championships in London after they're vetted by the IAAF. When Maria... Darn, I thought you were going to get all the bad names. <laughs> or something like that, wins gold in women's high jump, the Russian anthem is not played. Mm. Two Russian silver medalists later have their IAAF status revoked and investigations, uh, amid investigations, into whether they broke anti-doping rules. Sorry, I would like to interject. Okay. It was Crimea. Yes. The place is Crimea. Yeah. I, I wanted the, to the say The Ukraine Ki- place that was invested. Yes. Or in, um, sorry, invaded. not invested, invaded, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say Kiev so bad, and I was like, I know it's not Kiev. That's just their capital city. Yeah. Just their capital city. In December of 2017, faced with evidence of mass Russian cheating in the 2014 Winter Olympics, the IOC officially bans Russia from the 2018 Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. However, it allows 168 Russians to compete as Olympic athletes from Russia. Interesting. They win gold in women's figure skating and men's hockey. Two Russians fail drug tests during the games, which I want to just say, how dumb. Yeah, at that point, it's a... At that point, you're just stupid. Yeah. Like, you've been getting away with it for so long. I understand you kind of maybe feel untouchable, but it's like there's a huge scandal going on and you're like... They'll never right. get me. They'll well, never take me alive. This was an interesting part of uh, the documentary story going back to 2014. Grigory said that he told P- Putin, like, I know how long these things stay in their system and I know when the tests are going to be. Like, we can just cycle these guys off. They don't need to be using throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Putin's like, how about, hear me out, we drill holes in the wall yeah. and dump them out at two in the morning. How about we have this whole KGB involvement and things get real shady real fast? Mm-hmm. Hmm. He sounded yeah. just like that, too. Yeah, he did. And he only takes bubble baths. <laughs> uh, <laughs> September 2018, WADA reinstates the Russian anti-doping agency against opposition from many Western athletes who feel Russia hasn't publicly accepted that it cheated. WADA's condition is for Russia to turn over stored data and samples from the Moscow laboratory that could implicate more athletes. Russia misses the initial December deadline, but finally hands files over in January of 2019. Before that, in October of 2018, U.S. prosecutors allege that Russian military intelligence officers hacked sports organizations, including at the 2018 Olympics, as it tried to paint athletes from different countries as cheats. Hmm. June 2019, a former IAAF president, Lamine Diak, is ordered to stand trial in France over accusations of corruption, including an alleged scheme to cover up failed drug tests in return for payment from athletes. Evidence has emerged suggesting that as much as $3.5 million may have been squeezed out of Russian athletes to hush up their doping. In September of 2019, with four days to go until the Track World Championships in Doha, Qatar, WADA says it has found signs that the lab data handed over by Russia eight months earlier may have been tampered with. Russia is given three weeks to explain. Russia, explain! (laughs) 
And the Russian Olympic Committee expresses concern it could be barred from the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. In 2019, uh, December, the Russian flag and national anthem are banned from the Olympics and other major sports events for four years by WADA. Russian athletes will be allowed to compete in major events as neutrals only if they are not implicated in positive doping tests or their data was not manipulated. I really like to think that all of the Russian athletes that have to compete as neutrals mm -hmm. have to wear like the human being suit from Community. <laughs> That's honestly what I picture. If you don't know what the human being suit from like mascot from Community is, give that a Google. That's that that's solid. Uh, they don't. It's just like a white <sighs> Damn it. Yeah. Uh, so the fallout from all of this, the vice minister of sports resigned while Metco was promoted to deputy prime minister. Good for him. As for Gr No, Mutko. Yeah, sorry, not Mutko, Metko, Mutko. Yeah. Sorry. As for Grigory, his family has been stripped of their passports and a criminal investigation in Russia is open on him. So even if they wanted to get out of there, they can't. They can't. As for Grigory, who, like, all of this doesn't paint him in the nicest light, seemed delightful in he the seemed, documentary. He seemed like a really fun guy. Yeah, he seemed like a really nice guy. He just happened to know a lot. In 2020, <laughs> he was the winner of the William Hill Sports Book of the Year for his book, The Rodchenkov Affair, How I Brought Down Putin's Secret Doping Empire. He was, however, unable to collect the 30,000 pound prize money as he is still under the Witness Protection Program. In the US of A, baby. Maybe. Oh, yeah. I never thought of that. Um, there is uh, there is a picture of him kind of accepting the award. He is in a completely blank room with a single chair and obviously a webcam set up. And he is wearing a mask. Wow. And not a protect yourself from COVID and others from COVID mask, like yeah. a ski mask. So that no one can see what he fully looks like what right now. What he looks now. like now. Yeah. Wow. It makes me really sad. Like he's like in the witness protection program and his his wife and children are still in Russia. It makes me sad to think about like what the pandemic's been like. Mm, yeah. For, like for people like that, like it's like you can't do anything. Yeah. He has no idea what's going on with his family. No. Like how, how do you not call them? Yeah. Every day. Like how do you not like, yeah, yeah. like you're just stuck in this new life and like the the, the makers of the documentary don't know when they're going to see him again. It's it's a whole weird situation. Yeah, even when they drop him off at the airport, like Brian hugs him and, and he's like, okay, well, see ya. And he's like, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> what? Anyways, it's wild. It's so wild that, like, that they were just cheating on such a national level. Literally the international level. Mm -hmm. And that it's, again, like the government, like Putin involved. And Putin has long been someone who has, like, tried to sport wash a lot of things. Like, it's it's very important for him that the hockey team does well. And it's very important that he is seen as a sporting figure. That's why, like, once a year at this, like, annual hockey thing, oh, he, yeah. he is out there dangling around professional hockey players and scoring seven goals a game in just the most pathetic-looking sporting event in the world ever. It's just Google it. It's hilarious. When it you is. See it. He tripped on like carpet one year, didn't he? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Or he bummed into a camera guy or something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, People lost their lives over that. I 100%. Think. But yeah, and like 
uh, one of the, the top MMA fighters in the world for a long time was a guy named Fedor Emelianenko. And Putin was like buddy-buddy with him for a long time mm. too. Like he is someone who very clearly takes sports very seriously and understands when, uh, again, propaganda is a hell of a drug. He understands Whoa. the importance that sports can play in that. I guess that's a good point, but because part part of my thinking throughout this whole like researching this episode and and now mm-hmm. even reading it all back, I'm just like, why the fuck do you care so much? Do you do you think that it's a big deal to like like it's obviously a big deal to the athletes? This is something that they train for for most, if not all, of their lives, mm-hmm. and then they go on this national stage and they just do their best. Yeah, but I'm like, as a as a country, I'm like, why? Do we care so much? But, like, think about it. This has been a big thing for people like Putin for a long time. Like, going back to um, going back to Hitler's Olympics, mm-hmm. it was so important for him that Germany looks good. And they, they made sure to, like, really gussy up everything that you could see in the kind of Olympic surrounding and make sure that Germany, and specifically Hitler's Germany, comes across really well in those Olympics. Look at the Olympics that, as we talk about, are currently happening. As you are listening to this, there are raging human rights issues going on in China. But for two weeks, we're going to be talking about the beauty and the majesty of China. And it's just, it's, it's, it's something that's done in Saudi Arabia all the time. And like, this is a main thing for people. It's that like, hey, there's all these bad things going on, but look at all the sports stuff. Go sports team. But, but why? So that they just look good? Because it's not, you know, me watching the the Olympics in, you know, a day or so mm-hmm. isn't going to make me want to go to China any more or any less than I do. But it'll make some people want to. And it also, like, look at Putin's approval rating when all this is going on. Like, he is the <sighs> face out there. That's a good and point. And Russia's going well. And, like, think about 2010 in, like, Vancouver. Like, Canada does the best that they've ever done at a, a Canadian Olympics and like the, the people there are still, you still see the videos of Montgomery walking around the streets of Whistler with the, the beer in his hand, drinking with Canadians around like that was, and maybe I was just more into it cause I was working at the place that was broadcasting them at the time, but that was a, a great time of unity, even just for a couple of weeks that there mm-hmm. was national pride in that people get really amped up when their country is playing another country in sports. Maybe I should just go all in on the Olympics. Maybe I'll understand it better if I. What what's like an an Olympic. Like what do you call someone who's a huge fan of Olympics? I get like an Olympic super fan. Maybe a super fan. I feel like there should be like an Olympic head or something. Like I'm a. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, 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 yeah. I Anyways, don't think there's an. Uh, maybe there I should be become that. a super fan this year. Yeah. And maybe I'll see what all the hype is about. Yeah. I maybe I just don't care enough that I'm like, why would we go through all this effort? Well, and that's the thing, like I just lose just get a couple bronzes. It'll be okay. <laughs> I've worked in the sports world my whole life, right? So maybe I'm too close to it as well. But you right. just like I, I see even most recently this last weekend mm-hmm. when Canada beat the United States in soccer. Twitter was my Twitter anyway was going crazy <laughs> about it. Like, you know, like mine was filled with memes as is per usual. Yeah, exactly. But like there's <laughs> There is kind of a, a galvanizing effect that sports can have on people. Wow. I suppose and, you're right. And leaders have definitely taken advantage of that. Huh. Yeah. I just think that maybe I don't I don't understand. It's probably too much, like in the grand scheme of things. Like it's it's definitely too much. But Yeah, and I I guess like 
Yeah. My, my main point is just that like, you know, if I'm looking at places to go visit even. So let's say, you know, you were in the Olympics in the past, like you, you watched a bit of the Sochi 2014 Olympics mm-hmm. and then, you know, now we're now and it's 2022 and I'm like, hmm, where is a great place to visit? I, you know what? I should look up in order how well countries have done at the Olympics. That'll really help <laughs> mm-hmm. me determine. You know, that like, that's part- kind of what I think. Like, I'm like, why are, why are we doing all this? Why are we putting on this show? Like, the Olympics, I get it. It's fun. It's great. We yeah. go and compete. It's, I'm not saying why do we do the Olympics in general. I'm just saying, like, this mentality of, like, we have to do good in the Olympics so that other countries take us seriously. It's like, they're, ga- they're Olympic games. They're games. Right. <laughs> but then, like, I mean, look at, I, I think the success of the nation is more based on, like, in-nation morale but then look at yeah. what we talked about with the Cold War, mm-hmm. uh, which like just ended an hour ago, apparently. <laughs> um, it might still be going on. Right. But you you look at like how everything was a competition and how it was not only is it like our political system that's the best, but everything here is the best. Our athletes are the best. Our scientists are the best. Our movie stars are the best. Everything that we do is better than everything you do. And I think there's an aspect of that of sports. And also, if you want to see the effects that Olympics can have... Look where we live. It may not seem like a big deal for us, yeah. but the 1988 Olympics put the city of Calgary on the map. We're in a goddamn movie. It's mainly focused on the Jamaican bobsled team, but still, Calgary 88 is very much a big reason why this city had some of the success that it had for a long time. I guess, like, we still have those 88 sea trains running around. Mm-hmm. And, like, wind sport and, like, there, there's a lot that we have in this city because of those Olympic Games. I guess. I guess I, like, even I, th- like, thinking now about, like, our Olympic adjacent episode that we did. Yep. And the blood in the water match, like, that water polo thing mm-hmm. between the USSR and um, Hungary. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it was more than just them playing water polo. Yeah. Ugh feel like i've just proved myself wrong it <laughs> doesn't feel very good so yeah it's <laughs> we, we we joke about propaganda as a hell of a drug uh but sports is one incredible dealer of it hmm yeah just wild but just to go to those lengths oh yeah it's crazy insane yeah um well thank you thank you for downloading thank you for listening thank you for coming on this ride with us thank you for coming on this dope trip oh jeez sorry <laughs> I want you to know I just did like a rock on. You can see it. Here, look. Yeah, yeah, no, I assumed. Like I was like, wow, rock on. You know what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone can picture it. I'm doing like the rock on with my hands. Yeah, they get it. Yeah, like Spider-Man style. Uh, So thank you for (laughs) listening, downloading. If you want to send in any uh, requests for episodes please do. We are on Instagram at We Had No Idea Podcast. We also can be emailed, messaged. What did I say that one time? You can send us a letter. (laughs) No, I think you said messaged. You can send us a message. (laughs) By way of email. By way of email. We Had No Idea Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And thank you so much. Rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.